From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 15th of February 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through Nicola Sturgeon's resignation. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, we look at the dispute between the BBC and Indian authorities. But first, why did Nicola Sturgeon resign? In a shock statement this morning, Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon has announced her intention to resign as First Minister. Prior to the hastily arranged press conference at 11am today, there was no suggestion that this sort of announcement would be made anytime soon. Sturgeon has been pressing ahead with her gender recognition reform bill recently, and she's been laying the groundwork for her plans to a second Scottish independence referendum. For all intents and purposes, her seemingly long-term plans for her role as First Minister indicated that she would remain in the top job for a little while longer. As often happens in British politics though, things just haven't really gone as expected. In a speech this morning, she stated that in her admittedly biased view, being First Minister was the best job in the world. But part of serving well is to know almost instinctively when the time is right to make way for someone else. This decision comes from a deeper and longer term assessment. I know it might seem sudden, but I have been wrestling with it, albeit with oscillating levels of intensity for some weeks. Essentially, I've been trying to answer two questions. Is carrying on right for me? And more importantly, is me carrying on right for the country, for my party, and for the independence cause I have devoted my life to. Sturgeon went on to say that she knows that that time is now, adding that it's right for her, her party and her country. Going into more detail, Sturgeon claimed that her decision to leave the top job was not down to short-term pressures, and that her decision came after an assessment about whether being First Minister is right for her and right for her party. In relation to timings, Sturgeon explained that it's up to the SNP Executive Committee to decide on when her successor is chosen. She went on to say that despite any creative questions that journalists use over the next few weeks to try and get her to discuss her preference for her successor, she will not be divulging this information. By resigning, it seems that Sturgeon may be trying to take her legacy into her own hands. Often, even the most successful leaders and prime ministers in Britain try to stay in the top job too long and get ousted. Both Margaret Thatcher and Clement Attlee, for example, were removed from office. Very few leaders leave on their own terms. Nonetheless, despite this decision, Sturgeon confirmed that she would remain active in politics and made clear that she'll still fight for the cause of Scottish independence. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. This week, the Philippine president, Fernando Marcos, summoned the Chinese ambassador following the use of lasers against Philippines vessels. The Philippine government accused the Chinese Coast Guard of using military-grade laser lights at one of its vessels, which ended up temporarily blinding a crew member and disrupting the vessel's mission in the South China Sea. The South China Sea is a highly contested region of the world, with China and the Philippines, as well as Vietnam, Malaysia and Brunei, all claiming parts of it, largely because of its crucial oil transit route. 
In a statement, the Chinese embassy in Manila said that, in the meeting, both countries had exchanged views on how to implement the consensus reached by the two heads of state, strengthen dialogue and communication, and properly manage maritime differences between China and the Philippines. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Authorities in Tunisia have carried out another wave of arrests of opposition politicians and activists. Since Saturday, public figures, including the head of an independent radio station, an opposition politician, an influential businessman, two judges and a Labour union official. President Saeed shut down the country's parliament 18 months ago, rewrote the constitution and consolidated his power since then. His critics say he had orchestrated a self-coup, though Saeed said he took necessary actions to save the country from economic and political chaos. The biggest opposition party has described the recent arrests as the kidnapping of Saeed's opponents. A leading opposition figure has told Reuters that parts of the long-fractured opposition who are fearing a wider crackdown are starting to talk about ways of coming together to coordinate action against Saeed. The United States has arrested four more suspects in the 2021 assassination of Haiti's president. Three of the newly arrested suspects are American, one of whom is the owner of a Florida-based security company who allegedly hired ex-Columbian soldiers for the assassination mission. Eleven suspects are now in US custody over the killing, which threw the already struggling nation into further crisis. Authorities say the plot was originally envisioned to be a coup rather than just an assassination, and that those involved hoped to benefit from lucrative contracts by a new administration. Federal court documents say that one of the plotters was an FBI informant at the time of the assassination, and had used his ties to the agency to arrange a meeting with federal agents where he unsuccessfully tried to draw them into a discussion about regime change in Haiti. The FBI terminated its relationship with the individual after the assassination. We end the main section today with an uplifting story from the UK, where a girl who was born with a rare and deadly genetic condition has become the first person to be cured on the NHS with a revolutionary new gene therapy. 19-month-old Teddy Shaw had been diagnosed with an inherited condition called MLD, but is now disease-free thanks to a one-off treatment called Libmeldi. It costs more than £2.8 million and is the most expensive medicine ever approved for the NHS. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the dispute between the BBC and Indian authorities, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. That's things like Real Life Law's incredible Modern Conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's Underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. 
That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up and we'll see you on Nebula.